Before every episode this season, we are providing specific calls to action to encourage our listeners to fight against systemic racism and police brutality. This week, we want to talk about the importance of mutual aid networks and grassroots organizations that help to distribute food and supplies in communities where it is needed. There are almost certainly individuals or groups within your community or neighborhood that are providing free food, household supplies, or information to those in need. Locally in Philadelphia, we want to spotlight the Unity and Survival Program, run by the Philadelphia Liberation Center and staffed by members of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. We also want to spotlight West Philly Bunny Hop, which provides free produce boxes to homes in other locations across Philadelphia, with food sourced from local community gardens and co-ops. Many mutual aid networks communicate their needs or distribution locations through social media, so do some research and donate money or needed supplies to these organizations in your immediate area. We've linked two national databases of mutual aid networks in the show notes of this episode to help you find them in your community. If no such networks exist near you, consider starting your own. Almost always, but especially during a pandemic, there are people around you who are not having their most basic needs fulfilled. If you have more than you need, now is the time to share your resources with those who don't have enough. Oh, hold on. So that one, he does this whole, you say Johnny Cash is your favorite singer, but you've never heard Folsom Prison Blues, so how do you expect for me to believe you? Which is like such a... Oh my God. It's like, oh, you like band? Johnny name Cash? Name, name five of his their songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Lauren. We play together in the band Coping Skills, or at least we used to when we could still play in a band together. Yeah, this is definitely like a, a past tense situation. So we're just going to um, banter on our own time instead. And also your time, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, the good news is if you ever saw us play in the band Coping Skills, we spend most of the time playing the band Coping Skills, just talking to each other as the band Coping Skills. So really nothing has changed. No, this is this is actually a pretty accurate um, seeing our band live experience, I would I would say. And you didn't even have to leave your house. So you're welcome. You're welcome. That's a win-win. That's a win-win for sure. <laughs> this is... More, More talk, talk, less rock. rock. There's like just no good way. Um. <laughs> I feel like it doesn't even matter what you're talking about, you know? Yeah, there just never is a good way. That's just an evergreen sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> evergreen sentiment. <laughs> is that a new band name? Are you calling it? <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna call evergreen sentiment. You got it. It's yours. You got okay. it, you want it. It's yours. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Hooray. Um, we did it. Wow. Speaking of two-word band names that are just words pushed together that make no yeah. fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. I have a great... We have a great... It is time to play my first... It's not even a game. I don't even know how to finish that sentence. <laughs> We're going to do my first time for you, and I have a band name that Yay! makes no fucking sense, and that's what I'm trying to Yay. say. That was a beautiful transition. Thank you. Truly. I, I, I think I could not have said it more eloquently, and nobody <laughs> else could. I have just, like, put better words you know together. What? Uh I, I liked I liked where you were going. I knew I knew what I knew what your what your I, I liked your intentions. Your intentions were very good. Thank um, you. What it was it? Evergreen sentiment. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna write that down. Good. And while you're doing that, let me let me set the scene for you. Okay. Yeah. What are we What are we talking about today? We're taking you back to 2008. The time was oh, MySpace. Oh boy. Okay. The time okay. was was like light twee acoustic pop was big. And just like getting into your feelings, but also using a lot of words together that just like might sound good, but don't necessarily make sense. Do you feel like you're there? It's my favorite kind of shit, actually. Well, uh, it's your favorite kind of shit when Joanna Newsom does it, but maybe not in what I'm about to show you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. So I. <laughs> All right. I feel transported. Okay. We're in 2008. We're in 2008. Um, mm-hmm. There was a band. Well, there was a guy named Chad Sugg who performed under the moniker <laughs> Backseat Goodbye. So there's wait, your... wait, wait. Can we just wait? Just pause one second. Yeah. Did you say Sugg? S U G G. Sure did. That's badass. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he should have just like, well, he did start performing under his name after he decided he wasn't doing Backseat Goodbye anymore. But Mm -hmm. the Chad Sugg songs sound a lot like Backseat Goodbye songs. Yeah, I mean, like, I can can see how the same people who may be interested in um, music by someone named Chad Sugg would maybe not be the same people who are interested in music by the band Backseat Goodbye. That's fair. You know, I see your point. Uh, Anyway, I was very into this acoustic twee pop shit Mm. so i well like about two months ago like a month into quarantine or so do you remember when i got Mm. really into listening to all of the reliant k cds that i owned i do i do recall that yeah there were a lot of them there were a lot of them (laughs) well i also found my backseat goodbye cds and was like i wonder what this guy is doing now and then i remembered that we have the most powerful tool in the universe, the internet, uh, where people just post their lives all willy-nilly publicly. And you can just like see that this this man, who is like a real person in his life, has uh, two different children now, I guess, with like... As opposed to two of the same child. (laughs) Yes, as opposed to... To, to, to twins, to identical twins, um, and is married to somebody who I guess that he met in a Target who is a longtime fan of Baxi Goodbye. And my whole point of saying this is That's I should powerful. not have access to this information, and it made me want to delete all of my social media so bad because I even just, like, bothered to take the time to, like, look at Instagram. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Wait, so wait, did you say that he married someone who is a fan of his band? Yes. I mean, the Hanson Brothers did it. I don't like it. that. The Hanson Brothers did it. Oh, yeah. That's wild. I don't know. It's it's all fine. I am not here to judge anybody except myself <laughs> for having spent the time to look for this information. It is not my business. <laughs> yeah, Everybody that's really make on you. your shit <laughs> private. You could have you could have been living in blissful ignorance, but <laughs> so I would like to go back to blissful ignorance and okay. and play you this song by Backseat Goodbye. Okay. I I'm not sure it is the best Backseat Goodbye song or even my favorite, but it is the okay. quintessential one. It is like okay, it is the song. I I even have a shirt. I mean, I still have multiple. I still have a lot of Backseat Goodbye, like, memorabilia because I don't throw things away. Um, yeah. But I even have a shirt that has the first line of the song, which is just, I like Saturdays and the Rocket Summer. The Rocket Summer being another band that I learned through Backseat Goodbye. Okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I have heard—I feel like I have heard of the Rocket Summer. I feel like I have also heard the words Backseat Goodbye— stated together um possibly but I don't from know. Chelsea and I, I because we went to go see him play a show at the fire in like 2014 maybe I don't know oh what year oh my god but long wow. enough ago okay. yeah but I, I literally have no absolutely no reference for what this sounds like so yeah I'm I'm pretty excited yeah another little like side tangent before we get into the thick of it is that I learned mm-hmm. of the rocket summer through him which is like a like a pop punk pop rock band uh, by this guy Bryce Avery, and what I always what I appreciated about Bryce Avery is that he would like write and play almost all of, if not all of, the instruments on the records. And then I saw him at Warp Tour once, and he had a moment in the set where he like he I guess he must have had a bunch of loopers set up, so he was going around and building the song on every instrument, and they were just looping. Uh, Mm -hmm. to build the song which was very neat in in 2011 it was very cool to see Um, I mean that's cool now 2010 I I like I love loops and shit yeah yeah I I guess what I mean by like for me who didn't know anything about 
how any of the technology worked in 2010. Yeah. I also still have my seeing the Rocket Summer uh, It Warped Tour in 2010 shirt <laughs> somewhere. I was going to, maybe I'll post some of the, the pictures of my old Vaxi Goodbye shirts on Instagram. I can't access the Rocket Summer one right now, or I would. I feel like you should. That's great promo. Anywho, now that I've really derailed us, well, one more thing about the Rocket Summer. I had like last year, my first day of tour ever with Whitney when they were mm-hmm. um, late because the bus broke down. I We were at this venue called Cat's Cradle in Carborough, North Carolina, and there's a big room and a small room. And Whitney was playing the big room. And I found out when I got there that the Rocket Summer was playing the small room. And my friends and Destroy Boys, who I had literally just gotten off tour with, had played the small room the night before. So I'd asked them to leave me a surprise. And so I just like told venue staff this. And I I walk into the room as the Rocket Summer setting up and sound checking. And Bryce Avery's just standing there looking at me like, who are you? And I'm looking at him like, I know who you are. And I just <laughs> go up into his green room, completely unannounced. Nobody's up there. It's just like this little balcony room. It's it's a small venue kind of room that's like, was never meant to be a green room, but it's been repurposed because you have to have one. Yeah. And Destroy Boys told me that they left me fucking raw meat in the fridge. Like that Why? was the surprise that they left for me. Because they're all like 20 years old, 21 years old. And this is a joke to them. And so I am, I am 27. I was 26 years old going in to the green room unannounced of an artist that I had loved 10 years prior looking for raw meat, which had obviously been thrown away by the venue staff when they were cleaning out the room the night before. And I never yeah, I was thought— say, what the, what the hell do they expect you to do with that? That my life would lead me there. You can't even cook that. Where are you going to cook that? I know. Door? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, Couldn't even so, leave you cooked meat that you could eat? <laughs> <laughs> or just like— I don't know, a note, something small under or, a couch cushion. Like I just like something yeah, I could or like find. something something non non-meat related. <laughs> I helped torment it to them, even though it wasn't my responsibility for two and a half weeks. And this is all I all I have is not even raw meat to show for it. <laughs> just the promise, a broken the promise prom- of raw meat. <laughs> 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 So now that I've really fired up the whole experience, would you yeah. have to hear the song? Yeah. Uh, so that, but that actually, that whole tangent was not even about the band that we're talking about. No, no, no. But <laughs> okay. it is about a band that the band we're talking about was talking about. So I okay. guess it's related. Wait, so what's the band, what's the band that we're talking about again? Baxi Goodbye. Baxi Goodbye. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, All yeah, right, yeah. I'm ready. And the first band they talk about in the song is The Rocket Summer. So... Wait, they mentioned the band Rocket Summer in the song. Yeah, the first line of the song is, I like, well, I'll just show you. Okay. This is my first time listening to Technicolor Eyes by Backseat Goodbye. Like Saturdays in the Rocket Summer, blue skies in the morning's air. Oh, it's really twee, right? Oh, like you. You like me? Oh yeah. There's something wrong with this picture. Let's turn it upside down so we can see. Classic hand claps everywhere. As the yeah. only percussion. Except for maybe a little kick drum. And so like shaker. Music my only reference for like music that sounds like this, I think is like What is that fucking guy? Never shout never. Yes, that fucking guy. <laughs> The guy with the hair and the, uh, the, I think he plays the ukulele sometimes. He, he, and like, he sure does. Um, uh, yeah, Never Shout Never. Good old Chris. Uh, wow, I can't, I'm blanking on his whole name right now. Uh, I don't know. Chris something. It's really going to bother me if I don't look at it. Okay, you should look it up. Uh, Christopher Drew, how dare I? Um, oh, anyway, oh, Chris Drew, Chris Drew from <laughs> around Joplin, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a story for another day. We've already talked about too many extra bands than the one we're trying to deal with. 
Um, okay, yeah, this is already this is enough tweet for me for one day. I feel like yeah. we can. Uh... So the thing about this song is it's like the same thing the whole time, right? I say, is there like a like any sort of like a chorus or like a? So that first like bit that I like Saturdays in the Rocket Summer is. And this right here, maybe, I don't know. There's like no real actual chorus. There's a couple of lines that are repeated, but it's mm-hmm. sort of the same format for like four minutes. Yeah. And th- this part's repeated. Technicolor Eyes is the name of the song. Is the what? Name of the song. Uh, so is this like the hit? Is this the Bexie Goodbye hit? I would say it's the hit, yeah. Okay. It's one of the hits. It's fun. It's catchy. It's cutesy. It's yeah. like, it wants to take a walk with you through the park and hold your hand, but it's going to be too nervous to hold yeah. your hand at first, and so it's going to brush against the back of your hand a couple times. And then... <laughs> that is such a specific vibe. You feel it though, right? I do. I really do. I really do. And we don't have to worry about tomorrow Because we know it's gonna come Whether we want it to or not Here's this little piano oh, that's real. Yeah, it makes you just want to bop back and forth a little bit. Yeah. I like this noise. Whoa. Yeah. And it's, it like, that adds a cool textural element to me, and it, like, is the same note as this, like, piano line that goes up and down. Um, yeah. So I think, like, layering those elements is tight. But, Yeah. In your classic la da da la da da's. I am like kind of fascinated by this kind of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like, I don't know if I would call it like a a reaction to like pop punk. It's kind of tangentially related to pop punk. Like it has a similar vibe, mm-hmm. but. It's catchy. For sure. I like, I like, I get it. Do, do all Backseat Goodbye songs kind of sound like that? Like, are they mostly all acoustic? So, uh, yes and no. I mean, like, that, that song came out on an album in 2008 called Dressed Up Like Dreams. And a lot of the stuff on that album sounds like that. And any smaller demos and stuff before. Um, mm-hmm. And not all of the songs are that, like, a a a a a a a a a song structure. Right, 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 um, right, right. <laughs> there, are, like, there are even other ones on that album that have more of like a, a verse chorus bridge situation. Uh, yeah, I picked that one because it is really like, if you've heard "Backseat Goodbye," you've heard that song. Uh, but mm-hmm. the album that came out after that in 2010 was called "The Good Years," and that is much more. Just the production value is a lot better. There's a more diverse instrumentation. There's um, somewhat more interesting like song structures and uh, yeah. and just some bigger concepts. Like literally on the album Dressed Up Like Dreams, there's a song called Hey. And the first line is, hey, I think you're cute. Would you like to be my new best friend? Yeah, I also have like- a shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that line is ripe for uh for merchandise. Yeah, that that for line sure. is written for teenage girls everywhere. So, was this song like one of their earlier releases? Yes. This was um, like a song that had even come out on a I guess you would still call it like a single cuz it's not really a full album. Um that song was written in... Oh, this song came out for the first time in 2006. So he was only 20. Uh, mm-hmm. Which means he might not have even... That's insane. You know, written it when he was 20. Uh, 
Yeah, January 1st, 2006. On an album called Nightmares Are for Dreamers. <laughs> Very cute. And like other songs that are on this album. Yeah. Well, a couple other songs that are on this album. Maybe just one. There's another song called uh, 32 Ways to Make You Smile, which came out on uh, the album Dressed Up Like Dreams in 2008. Yeah, I am. I am kind of always interested in like how artists who make music that sound like this evolve over time Mm -hmm. or how like this, like what would you call this genre? Like it's like folky indie pop. Like twee indie pop. Yeah. And so he kind of like, he wound up dropping a little bit of the twee, I would say. Mm -hmm. It became a little less cutesy, but kept a lot of the other elements as he aged. I can send you a couple other songs on like the, like maybe two more songs on Dressed Up Like Dreams and two songs on The Good Years to kind of represent the shift. Um, yeah. Because it gets a little less like bright pop and a little more yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it sounded like he was uh, listening to more of The Weaker Thens when he made the next record. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm I pick up what you're what you're putting down. Yeah. And like the first um, song on the Good Years is called Elliot Smith is still alive, you know. <laughs> he does a lot of referencing of other people's work in his songs like um yeah. You know, in that song we just listened to, he says that he likes Bright Eyes the band and yeah. um you it's know, you don't necessarily summer, pick up on that cuz the song is also called Technicolor Eyes, you know, I like Bright Eyes and there's another song. I can't remember what it is, but I was listening. When I was doing a deep dive today to figure out what to show you, there was another song where he says, but it's cool, we can still be friends, which is mm-hmm. a Bright Eye song. Mm. And I think he had an easy, lucky, free tattoo. Okay. You know? I I think it, it is always very interesting when artists mention other artists in their songs, like mm-hmm. explicitly. Like the first lyric in that, song talking about the rocket summer yeah as like a band that that he listened to like while writing this song exactly um, it's kind and of it wild shows. yeah and also like it's kind of i feel about that the same way that i feel about like when people mention like twitter or instagram in their music mm. where it like is very representative of a very specific time yeah, it like, really, um, it makes something feel almost less universal or timeless because you've pointed yeah. it to an era. Right. Like, like if you hear a song where someone talks about posting something to Instagram like 10, 15, 20 years from now, I feel like you're going to know exactly, like whether or not Instagram is still relevant or not, you're you're going to know exactly like what time that song was made and like, I, I think it is very interesting to to write music that that feels very of a time. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good or a bad thing compared to like making music that sounds more timeless. Right. I just think it's like it it, it is kind of an, an interesting choice in a way like and I'm sure that that helps music like in the time that it comes out. Like it, it makes it feel a lot more relevant and a lot more rooted in the now versus a lot of music that feels very like abstract. For sure. Um, yeah. And like I tend to gravitate towards the abstract, which is why I find like like songs that talk about specific other artists or like specific events or, or you know, things that are relevant to whatever time the song was made as like kind of interesting, kind of cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thanks for walking, I, walking deep into memory lane with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is like... It's such a specific vibe and like I wish I could go back and see me and see what I was doing and what I was listening to in like 2007, 2008 compared to like this other music that I wasn't listening to. Like why did I not listen to this? I don't know. Yeah. Well, were you on MySpace? I was not on MySpace. That's why we figured it out. (laughs) I was like, I never had a MySpace. I actually like got a Facebook later than a lot of other people. I was definitely like online, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. 
Like I had a Zanga. Oh, but, same. Uh, Obvi. I made uh, Zanga layouts for funsies. Yeah, but I never had a MySpace. Uh, so maybe that has to do with it. Maybe I like I missed a lot of the like. That is a hundred percent the era kind of kind of music. That's interesting. I'm learning something. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I put it. Sponsored ad. If I had one. Sorry. Lost the happy. But the happy's back. So this is my first time listening to. I Can See Through You by The Horrors. The Horrors. 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 The Horrors. The Horrors. The Horrors. Or The Horror. The Horrors. <laughs> okay, um, so I've never heard of The Horrors or however we want to say it in any way is fine. Okay. Um, who, so. Whoopst. <laughs> so I got really into this band in like, the first record came out in 2007. Uh, the record or the song that I'm going to play you is off a record called Skying that came out in 2011. Just okay. to give you like a, a time frame. So we're talking like 10 years ago. My God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my God too. Um, and this is like one of those bands that was like the the peak time that I was in on Tumblr. I discovered this band on Tumblr. They're five British dudes. So you know I'm into it. Um, <laughs> that's like the, <laughs> at a minimum that's a requirement oh Lauren's gonna play more British alt rock from the 2000s what a who surprise who could have seen that coming um, <laughs> um, but I like uh, I became like really obsessed with this band particularly their lead singer Ferris Badwan mm-hmm. who like in addition to being this band is also um, an artist and kind of specialized in like these uh, kind of abstract like ink drawings that he would do in like a moleskin notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I became like weirdly obsessed with like the art that he was making. Yeah. And their their first record is called Strange House. And it sounds like if you picture a band called The Horrors, what do you imagine? I imagine like, something like almost cheesily gothy, sceny. Okay, like so weenie. <laughs> that exact aesthetic is is what their first record was. Okay, like like straight up. If you look up Strange House, the Horrors album cover, like I think you should look that up right now, real quick, because okay, yes, this is exactly what I expected <laughs> from a band called the Horrors. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is a hundred percent the thing that I expected. Like, uh. And if you like listen to some of the songs on that record, they sound exactly how you would expect a record with that cover by a band called The Horrors to sound like, like like uh, haunted house core, like haunted uh, house like core. organs and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really it's really good. But like, I'm just looking at a picture, incredibly of them, on the nose, and I have so many thoughts. <laughs> Give me all of them. I would love to hear them. I just like can't even contextualize this right now because they. Like, no lie, they look like, so all of these, like, pop rock-ish bands that I listen to, like, they look like All Time Low, The Main, etc. meets um, My Chemical Romance. Like, yeah. if those bands had had weird children <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who dressed like them in 2007, 2008, that's what this band yeah. looks like. It's just, just so yeah. funny to me. So yeah. funny. Like okay. goth with a capital G. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, like after that record, they kind of transitioned away from like, like straight like goth music to like more shoegaze. So a lot of their like later records after that are are like kind of shoegazy, a little bit more like, like psychedelic than mm-hmm. goth. But the song that I'm going to play is from the record Skying. It's their third record. And they're kind of like, by that point, they're kind of past the like goth music and aesthetic phase. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, so I'm going to play the song. It's called I Can See Through You off their third record Skying. And we're going to go into it if I can get this thing to work. Can you hear that? Yes, this automatically sounds like your shit. Okay. 
Wow, what does this voice remind me of? I don't know. Um, wow, it's so close and so... I can't even figure it out. Sounds very British. Yeah, like a uh, uh, British alt-rock band with a front dude who has a weird voice and can't really sing, but can kind of sing. Yeah. And of course, it's 100% my shit, of course. <laughs> every, every two out of three of your My First Time so far have, have just made me go, hmm, I think they like you too. <laughs> That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And granted, do I have a lot of knowledge of you two? No, but like I still feel as though I'm not far no, but, off. But like the idea of this sounding like what you think you two sounds like mm. is is very interesting. Not to me. no, it's not even that I think it's what you two sounds like. I think it sounds like it was influenced by you two. Okay. Maybe to like a certain extent. Not exclusively. So this is like the music of people who like really like Pink Floyd, but only the early years when Sid Barrett was still in the band. Yes. You know what I mean? 100%. <laughs> like when they were more psychedelic and less like uh, post-rocky. Yeah. And like, it is kind of interesting because on that first uh, record, uh, the front dude Ferris does less like singing, singing, and more like talk singing or like like yell singing. Right. And then as they kind of moved out of the like goth sound and more into like like uh, like shoegazy kind of uh, psychedelic kind of sound. Yeah, and he started doing like more actual singing. Um, it was kind of an interesting like transition. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't know if like it ever intended for him to actually be like a singer. Those la 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 las remind <laughs> me of um, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds for some reason. Whoa. Apropos. Yeah. Am I, am I making that up or is that, does that make sense to you? I don't know. Do they do la la las in that song? I can't remember, but I just, I went, I transported there. It has a vibe. <laughs> Maybe a similar vibe. If not the like um, exact same words. Yeah. So yeah, that's the horrors. Huh. Uh I'm sure they are, if not like what you expected a band called The Horrors to sound like, what you expected a band that I would pick to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, I fuck with that. That was cool. I, uh, yeah. The shimmering feeling of those synths. Yeah. Really got me. I was very there. Very there for that. I'm very here for that. Yeah. But They're big into like, uh, there are la la la's at the end of Don't You Forget About Me. I just looked. Okay, good. At the lyrics. <laughs> you look up the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, I okay, say, good. la 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 la. Will you call my name as you walk on by? Anyway. Okay. Uh, yes. We solved that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I just had to know. I couldn't wait. Yeah, I don't know. This is like, I feel like a peak representation of like the kind of stuff that I was very into in high school mm -hmm. when I was at like peak Tumblr in 
2011. <laughs> what a time. What a time. Yeah. yeah. Now all I can think um, about is that it just reminds me of that Simple Mind song. And maybe that's where I've been the whole time and you two had nothing to do with it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I would not, like, discredit them, like, sounding you two. Like, you two. But it, I feel like it also is, like, a lot of the U2 sound is just, like, the edges, like, delayed guitar and shit like that. Yeah. I wasn't thinking and, about the guitar at all. I was thinking about the way that Ferris sings and nothing else. Oh. Interesting. Um, yeah. I do yeah. kind of… I, and Simple I hear Minds the, like, is, like, a Scottish band. Like a, so, this is all tracking for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something that I'd ever really, like… Considered while listening to this. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> that's cool. Thanks for bringing that to the table today. Yeah. Uh, I feel like for at least some of the bands that we've talked about previously, or some of the bands that you've talked about previously, um, I have like had some, like some kind of understanding of what they sound like. Mm -hmm. But um I have no idea what Backseat Goodbye sounds like. Yeah, I didn't give you uh, any uh, fucking gang vocals today. I didn't give you any breakdowns. I didn't really I give you any power chords, I don't think. I feel like also there is something to, like, hearing the band name Backseat Goodbye makes me think a lot of, like, Dashboard Confessional mm -hmm, and, like, mm -hmm. that car style core. of, like, of, like, band. Yeah, yeah, car, part, <laughs> car. Car part core um, of like that like kind of band with that kind of name. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any other like bands that kind of sound like that that have like a similar name. But that was immediately what I thought of. I was like, I definitely see that. Yeah, yeah, like two word band name uh, that doesn't like make a ton of sense. Like probably makes sense to whoever was in the band who came up with the name, but like mm. doesn't actually make sense in any objective context. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. It's very funny. <laughs> well, since we're already taking the time machine backwards, uh, why don't we go another 15 years into the past and play our favorite game? Oh, is it Tag Yourself? It is We're going to play yourself. Tag Yourself? I would love to play Hell Tag yeah. Yourself. So, for this episode, we're going to talk about a formidable twosome mm. known as Scully and Mulder from The X-Files. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty stoked on this one because yeah. it is kind of one of those ones that like maybe seems obvious but is not that obvious. Yeah, this personally... It did not feel very obvious for me. Um, much like us, I think Mulder and Scully are both very similar with some really drastic differences. And that made it mostly about uh, narrowing in on what those differences were and how we individually relate to them. And because mm -hmm. uh, they're both like, they're both, <sighs> we were looking at this. FBI personnel file on them that somebody put together. It's the kind of like a uh, text only web page uh, mm -hmm. from 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 eons ago. It feels, and somebody had yeah. put them into Myers Briggs personality types, uh, which put Mulder as an INTJ and Scully as an INSJ or an ISTJ rather, and we have both been. Rated in the past as INTJs, which would make us both seem like yeah. Mulder. Right. Yeah. This website reads like um is giving me a lot like GeoCities vibes. Mm. It's giving me like like the neon text on black background is oh, really, yes. really doing it for me. The green um, contrasting the red. Very bright. Yeah, and it like it actually goes into like a lot of detail, but most of it is just the Myers Briggs thing. <laughs> And someone else's opinion of the Myers-Briggs analysis. Yeah. So the thing that like this line here, I think is interesting where it says Mulder is secure in his basic beliefs mm -hmm. that there are things out there conventional science cannot yet explain. 
and that conspiracies exist which seek to hide many facets of the truth from the public. Like, I haven't seen a ton of the X-Files, but I've seen enough of it where, like, that seems to be, like, the whole, like, Mulder's whole vibe is that, like, he is very sure that there are aliens and that weird, unexplainable things are happening. And, like, much as Scully may try, will not convince him otherwise. Yeah. Um, a little further down, there is this paragraph, this, like, biting critique of Mulder that I really appreciated, where it goes, Mulder, implement a critical decision without consulting anyone? Gosh, what are the odds? Come on, he does it almost weekly. Uh, and so, like, even if he wouldn't even necessarily wait to hear Scully tell him no or to think about it before mm-hmm. he goes, no, I'm just going to do this. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think throughout the series, like, Scully is kind of like, is definitely brought more over to Mulder's side of things than Mulder is to Scully's viewpoint sure I mean the truth is out there and and yeah and like it's not the the thing is that like Mulder is obviously correct because all of this weird shit keeps happening (laughs) right but yet you know um regardless like there there's this line about how Scully's constantly challenging Mulder to prove some idea he's had or at least provide evidence for it um Mm -hmm. she's like not comfortable like there needs to be some speculation Mm-hmm. It also says that she is slow to offer ideas of her own, not because she is less intelligent or less imaginative um, than Mulder, but because advancing a notion with nothing to back it up goes against the grain. Right. Like, it, it, she has, like, a, a she's very methodical about, like, the thoughts and ideas that she has. And, like, and, and that, I guess that obviously comes from the, the scientific background of, like, you you know, you go through the scientific method and there's, you know, peer review and there's like, you have to be sure of what you're saying before you say it. Um, yeah. Um, and and as we, as we read more into this based on, I don't even know who, who made this document, but based on da- Damon, someone named Damon, um, based on Damon's analysis, <laughs> signs start to point that I am Mulder and you are Scully. Yes. You know, I'm the one who is like, no, I'm right about this. I don't need to prove it to you. Uh, and I'm, I might not even consult you. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And you're the one who's like, you need to sit back a minute and, <laughs> and consider this other thing. Yeah, I think we definitely were leaning towards your Mulder and I'm Scully. Uh, but to be sure of who is who. We did the only thing that anybody can possibly do to tag themselves with absolute certainty. And that is take an online quiz. <laughs> <laughs> like some like BuzzFeed-ass style quiz. This isn't even BuzzFeed. This is from NME. Yeah. The uh, BuzzFeed one which is, left something to be desired. But this NME yeah, one is an, is incredibly special as it, it, it itself states the truth is in this NME quiz. So what other... Mm-hmm. What other proof do you need? Yeah, from Enemy, which is ostensibly a music magazine. So I trust them. Yeah, it combines uh, what we're <laughs> looking for in this particular podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. And upon taking the quiz, we were, in fact, vindicated. <laughs> we were selfish. We were wrong. We were right. I swear, <laughs> oh, right. I swear I knew it all along. <laughs> uh, can never use that word ever again. Um <laughs> It's not my fault that you already brought up Dashboard Confessional on the pod today. So I, I know, I did, I did. <laughs> I have only myself to blame. Uh, also, like, that's absolutely a thing that I do constantly. <laughs> so I can't even be mad about it. Well, luckily for us, but, the enemy verified with complete accuracy that I am Mulder. Yep, and I am Scully. And that's what we're sticking to. Well, before we end our episode today, it is time to do a couple of rock ons. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to shout out the book Go Ahead in the Rain by Hanif Abdurakib. It was recently lent to me by a friend of mine, and I it's about a tribe called Quest, um, who I admittedly know pretty much nothing about. 
Uh, I know pretty much nothing about um, 80s, 90s rap in general. Mm -hmm. I am, uh, you know, laying my full ignorance on the line right here. But (laughs) the way that Hanif writes about it, about all music, really, uh, is so tangible. And so he just like really puts you in the moments that he was in and gives such a a wealth of information and connects it not only to different things that were happening at the time, but also to things that were happening to him at the time. And even if you haven't heard the songs, you feel like you understand where everybody was coming from. And Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, I'm almost all the way through it and I'm really enjoying it. And so rock on to Go Ahead in the Rain. Hell yeah. Um, My rock on this week, um, I'm going to shout out another app. Uh, It's called Oxy. It is a music production app and it is one of the most intuitive and user-friendly ways I have ever tried to like make or write music. Um, I used it to make the existential space crisis song um and there is i don't think there's any way that i could have made that without it it just makes things very easy um and makes it so that you don't have to have a lot of knowledge of music theory or um anything like that to to write parts of songs that sound good together um it kind of makes it impossible to write things that don't sound good together um which is which is great. Um, <laughs> it connects to and, Ableton too, right? Yeah, it's. I think it's uh, either like owned by Ableton or was bought by Ableton. Um, but there's like some native integration with Ableton um, where you can take uh, the stuff that you make on the app and you can um, uh, and you can open it up in Ableton and continue working on it through there. Um, but I've also bounced stuff out. Um, you can like bounce out the stems um, and use it in any doll you want. Um, and it's just been really fun to do some like low stress songwriting um, because I know that like everything is going to kind of like work itself out. Hell yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of More Talk, Less Rock. I think that may be the first time you have ever started it. Oh, God, <laughs> it's your turn. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to keep it. We're going to keep it. Um, we uh, do all the things to make this show uh, happen because we are the only two people involved. And if we don't do it, nobody will. I was just imagining a world where nobody made this show. And it's probably mostly the same world, but I. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same world, but I am having a great time. Oh, no. Or having like an existential crisis. We're like, <laughs> oh, no. Existential space what crisis? if we didn't make the show? <laughs> Yeah, I'm having my own existential space crisis about us not making the show. Uh, Nope, we're going to keep making the show because we want to make the show. Nobody else makes the show. So thanks for giving us a reason to make the show. I'm Lauren. And I'm Rachel. And And we're we're just just happy happy to be be here. And now, More Talk, Less Rock is proud to present Cliché by Evergreen Sentiment. 